You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Oh, coming at you straight out of Compton. I mean, L.A. Right? <laughs> I don't think I'm near Compton, man. It's funny. Still I'm in central in L.A., and I'm scared to even go even the least bit south, man. You know? I don't want to get you, to south central, man. Do you watch the news, just the local news at night, so you can feel good? <laughs> I, I don't, but <laughs> the news is weird. I did come on after the football game. And I don't know if you can hear, man. I just have the uh, doors and windows open. There's constantly helicopters flying over, man. The cops use helicopters <laughs> like they would use like a backup car. You know, like, oh, there's a fight. At a, there's a fight. Get the helicopters. It's amazing. And then yesterday I looked up and there was like eight big Chinook helicopters in the air, man. Like, dude, that shit's real, man. <laughs> Those are the military yes. ones. L.A. is keeping it real. Did you hang out? Did you get out and hang out with anybody in the crew Saturday? I think it was Saturday night. You are supposed uh, to go kick it? I did, man. I did. Actually, uh, I wanna, <laughs> uh, the the L.A. crew came out in full effect, man. And uh, then uh, the DGC kind of hooked up with them. Uh, I had Colby. I had Anthony uh, coming out and hanging with us a bit. And we had a good time over at, uh, at Tequila. And then, man, my, then my crew grabbed me, and we went to a club, man. I was in VIP in the club, man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was funny, man. Was, what do you do at what? So what would you do at the club? Oh, man, I drank. <laughs> I did draft. I did drink. You know, it's one of those things where you get bottle service, and they gave you what was the Belvedere vodka, which is like a vodka that tastes like water. And then, uh, uh, man, I swear to God, I <laughs> You pay two hundred seventy five dollars to get into a place, man. You get they were they, it was watermelon juice. It was like this totally like decadent watermelon juice and vodka. I was drinking, man. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, I got a little funny. lit up there, man. I swear to God, we were rolling uh, rolling joints up and smoking joints in the club, man. Things are nice out here, man. You know, the kind of place where you can bribe somebody and get something for it, man. You know. <laughs> All right, I'll let you hang out in the club with your Jays and watermelon juice vodka. I'm good. Yeah, it's on good all that for jazz, once or but... twice a year, man. It's good for once or twice a year, you know. Feeling a little fancy. Uh, feeling a little fancy. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, uh, we got Grow Talk coming today, guys. We're gonna try and blast through as much as we can. Thanks for submitting questions over at DudeGrows.com. Just click to submit a question, and uh, definitely appreciate it. We give a shout out to a uh, primetime supporter because I've been liking to talk about my newfound addiction to sourceofapes.com. Coupon code DUDE. I will give the Orb 3. I know Scotty already has a, uh, a approval, stamp of approval. I like this thing. It's heavy duty. So uh, Dig it too. Coupon code, yeah, coupon code DUDE at checkout. Helps Ape. us out. 
helps you out, kick it. What's up? Yeah, I found a hack for the uh, Source Vapes because they gave us a couple of the extra. They sell, like, just the tops, basically. Like, the, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, like, the top part. Everything minus the battery. And they gave us a couple of extras ones of those. So I brought them. I was giving them to the L.A. crew. And, yeah, they're just able to slap those right on their existing batteries. And I don't think those tops are expensive. I think they're, what, like 50 bucks or something like that? Maybe even cheaper for the top part. So just take that and throw it on your existing battery, man. And you got a good no-clog, you know, deep-cup vape, man, that you can uh, take out and use all night, man. All right. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've been giving those other parts away. And it's just an if you don't want to buy the battery, if you already have a badass big adjustable battery, fuck it. Just buy the top part to it, man. Shit rocks. <laughs> and, uh... Right on. Let's uh, let's get into some grow talk before we jam a break. We're gonna try and be on a little bit of an LA schedule today. Scott just said he's got he's got people to see, things to do. Got to be traffic, versa. man. Got to be traffic. <laughs> yes, yes. I've already been here three days, man. I've learned like the hours not to go out, man. You know, like it's 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 amazing how just traffic stops here, man. If you try to go out, you know. Anywhere about two, three hours before rush hour, you're fucked. Or after rush hour, you're fucked. It's crazy. <laughs> well, I, I am uh, about ready to have my coffee on a, a hot plate these days because now it won't get cold while we're doing the show. It's, it's cooler out here in Colorado. Our first snow's coming in here down on the uh, front range. I've hit my uh, Island Sweet Skunk a few times. Listen to actually a little bit of Nine Inch Nails before the show, so I'm getting a little pumped. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I actually went out there, and uh, everybody's been talking about this. You know, it's a very hype-oriented uh, uh, community out here as far as all the strains and everything. And everybody's been hyping up this uh, Michael Phelps OG, man. It's going to make you want to swim laps after you smoke it. <laughs> and uh, uh, we just actually, I just accidentally smoked the one joint of it that we had outside. And uh, that's not supposed to be the first morning buzz. You know, it's like the strongest weed they got out here, supposedly. And I'm pretty fucked up, man. I will say that I am definitely, as far as a, a first morning buzz going, is I am ha-ha-ha, man. So, yeah, nothing better than to hang out and talk some grow with the dude, that's for sure. All right, well, let's jump into it here. We're going to talk a little bit about exhausting your guard. This is kind of general, general um, from Smokable Johnson, man. Kicking on in some, he, I believe he just became a member. Uh, I've been checking, listening, and you know, submitting questions for all. But I appreciate that. Any y'all want to help support the show? Nine ninety five a month, get into that members area. I think Scotty's got some more exclusive California content. You're probably going to put in there. Um, just go to dudegrows.com, click on login, and you can see uh, follow along how to become a member. Just build through Amazon through another. It's not Dude Grows. I think at one point I might have said Dude Grows on the paypal receipts or something but i took care of all of it for the prohibition people um so kick check that out and let me just get into the question here for smokable as uh, before i think we were messing it up wasn't i calling it like i don't know No, i think you're messing it up again it's smoke a bowl man it's smoke, like well i'm just saying it's it a name and it's a commandment dude all at once man <laughs> All right. Uh, this is I'm a, he's a hobbyist grower. He's running a 600 watt HPS during flower, 400 watt metal halide during veg. All right. He has got a seven by seven by seven flower area, which is more than enough for uh, running. You know that 600 watt HPS. He's building out a four by eight by six veg area for his 400 watt, which that's plenty of room. I like to have more room than just squeezing into the areas if you got it. 
Um, but you got to be careful not to build out your areas too big. So if you have like one 600 watt in a 10 by 10 room, it's going to be hard to get that environment dialed in more. Uh, and then he goes, let's see here. My single light is being exhausted to the other end of the basement. I believe this is a 600. And while there's all, there are walls separating my space, they're not airtight. And the exhausted air eventually ends up back in flower room. Okay. Uh, so he's, consi- he's considered exhausting out of the home through a glass block window with a rectangular vent. But I live in the north northern Midwest and thus experience wide temperature differentials. I can't be continuously blowing warm slash visible air out of the front of my house all winter long. Just asking to get busted by anyone who notices or questions it. Okay, so he's a few more parts. But right there, I don't recall... You you exhaust your air outside all winter long. I don't recall yes. my air causing a lot of like I don't know what the temperature differential is. Does your would your cause like a like a steam or you know it's hot air going? I think it has to be hotter. Like not, I not a steam, dr- but it'll certainly keep the snow from forming around. You know, if you've got a place where there's always snow, um, we've all seen that on TV. Man, the cops drive by and they're like, oh yeah, that's a grow house right there. <laughs> on TV, shit, I saw it at my other house. So, yeah. Believe what you see on TV, kids. Um, But I don't think that, like, when your dryer exhausts out, that's really hot air. The air coming out of your 600 watt, if you if that if steam was your only concern, I don't think you're going to create steam when you're just exhausting out that 600 watt. Not steam, um, no. But like I said, you you might have some uh, odd looking where everything else has snow formed all around it, and you, and your window doesn't. It does, you know, it is a telltale. Make it look like a, you know, if you do have it looking just like a dryer vent, you know, match the other vents. That's what I'm house. thinking, yeah. You know, paint it the same color as the surroundings. It's usually, nobody's going to question it, especially if you're carbon scrubbing it really well. But let's move on a little. And, uh, and be creative. If you can get it the best place for any garden air, of course, in a, you know, prohibition state is to get it out the roof or get it into the attic and have the attic have a fan. What were you going to say, Scotty? I was going to say, if you want to carbon filter it, though, and you can get it up into another room, it really should have no odor at all coming right out of a carbon filter. And you no. might just want to use it as supplemental heat. I mean, there's a lot of folks that do that, and it just makes their heat work a little bit less. Well, let's talk about his parameters. He says he's, he's, got, he's got equipment to, like, upgrade. He's running he already a max. gave us his parameter, man. Seven by seven by no, seven. No, no. Well, man. I mean, his, his equipment. His, his oh, equipment. Man. Uh, yeah, not perimeter, parameter. I don't know. Whatever. I'm he just busy running being high, brother. He's running a Max Fan Pro 8-inch. That's a three-speed one. Right on. He's pulling from an 8 by 24 fresh carbon air filter at the entry point in the flowering room. All and then he's blowing good. the air through his 600-watt air-cooled hood out of the room to the other side of the basement. He says he currently has the fan on one, which is fine because that's you know that fan's overkill for a 600 for sure. Um, he says his temperatures are, and that's a fan speed control on that fan on a one, and there's three settings. His temperatures are 70 to 72 degrees during the day, year-round, and 65 to 68 at night during the summer, um, and 62 to 60, 60 to 62 during the night at winter. But during the day, all the time, whenever his lights are on, 70 to 72. He says his air-cooled hood is a cheapie, serving as a bottleneck because his ducting's 8-inch, his fan's 8-inch, so he has to reduce it down there. Um, he says he having 8 to 6 reducers. He says he tells himself... The smaller holes make the airflow harder over the light so I can sleep at night. But in my heart <laughs> of growing hurts. I know this is a weak spot in his grow. So I'll talk about that real quick. Um, I mean, man, his temperatures are totally fine. Yeah, I'll bet you I don't know. What's, there's no problem there, man. Oh, yeah, well, I wouldn't even try to exhaust it 
I would I would buy if you want to do an upgrade in here, man, buy an eight inch hood, put a thousand watt bulb in there, get a thousand watt ballast, and keep doing what you're doing. I mean, you're only adding another four hundred watts. I'm wondering, you know, maybe he'll gain. Even if you gain five degrees and you get up to, then you're gonna get up to seventy seven or seventy eight. I'm down for sure. Yeah, like, man. Plants need heat, man. That's one thing we're learning with these LED lights as we eliminate all the heat. Is that plants need heat? I actually saw something a couple of days ago that was uh, to lift your plants off the floor because of the cold floor this winter. You know, during the winter the floor gets cold and you you don't want your roots to get cold. So we always talking about lowering the heat because shit, if you put a bunch of HPSs in there, it'll be a hundred degrees. But we're talking yeah. about lowering it down to about eighty degrees. You know, much less than you know seventy six. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, see he's much got of a the room for it. it. Like he's got a seven by seven room for flowering you already got eight inch duct and you already got an eight inch fan i would throw in a thousand watt light and then um well what about this your- dude what about uh instead of throwing a thousand watt in there and then he's got to throw away a 600 what about getting just a second 600 you know yeah true then he's got Good 1200 point. watts he can throw in, you know and worst case scenario you just get yourself an eight inch hood you know and swap the hood out but everything else would be all right but you don't have to do don't feel bad you don't if you want to run your max eight, eight inch ducting, and pick up one more hood that's six inch. It's not the end of the world that you're reducing it down at your hoods for two six hundred watts. It is true, man. Get- and that they, what what you say is correct, man. We've talked to the can fan guy. As a matter of fact, the can fan guy should be in our catalog of uh, of interviews. But he talks about that how it does just increase the velocity, the air velocity when you when you neck it down, man. Some fancy lingo I got from him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying though, but I. It's it's eight inches where it's more duct pushed in less of a space. Yeah, it's going to increase the velocity. More duct, more air through less of a space is going to increase the velocity. Yeah, definitely. Uh, his grow style here, he says he's running a flood and drain table, three by two, Captain style, with rock wool grow croutons currently in veg in number three pots. He says he's got about 12-inch tall bushes. I have four bag seed plants from my father-in-law and should end up with one to two females, although I realize I could get fucked and end up with a sausage fest. <laughs> next time I'm going to go like to the deer club, out man. and he's going to pop some feminized seeds. This project really uh, is really being done as a surprise gift for his father-in-law who is interested in growing but hasn't gotten the okay from the missus. Typical, typical. The plan is to grow out some seeds he left in a bag at his house. Um, so he says he lives in another state, also not friendly, and give it to, and he wants to give it to him as a gift next time he sees him after it's done. He wants to show him how awesomely easily it can be grow, grow some dank from seeds he was going to throw away. So, yeah, that's an awesome example, man. Just trying to, you know, use what you have access to. So it's hard to get seed and hard to come by cuts and all that, depending on, you know, where you're at in the nation these days, or really easy, depending on where you're at. But, yeah, that's that's super cool, man. Once you get, you know... Do the upgrades if you, I don't know if you wanted to upgrade. We were just suggesting that as you have you have that as an option, uh, but otherwise, if you want to change nothing, I mean, don't don't change anything. But your temperatures still are a little low for veg for sure. You're not going to get you know that much accelerated growth at seventy seventy two. Yeah, some man, strains I mean, some strains might be aight, but <laughs> it's it's just too cool, man. I mean, right around eighty degrees. Think about how Florida is, man. You know, Florida's nice and hot. Man, especially this time of year, man. It's low eighties in the, in the morning. Sorry, man. There's more helicopters flying over, man. This is <laughs> nuts, man. <laughs> um, I'm gonna let them fly over, man. You worried they're gonna la- they're they're after you? 
<laughs> black helicopters. Uh, anyway, man, uh, uh, those temperatures, man, you know, 80 degrees is really a great temperature to grow in, man. So, uh, you know, if you're growing in the low 70s, man, you're slowing shit down, man. Big time. Um, yeah, definitely. And thanks for the uh, smokable Johnson content there. He also had a couple good suggestions for a, a contest, maybe a live taping of the show. So we'll have to talk about that later. I appreciate the email, though. And uh, the support. Definitely appreciate the support and the membership. So let's see here. What do we got? Let's do uh, just one. No, we're only going to do one break this show, if that. Let's keep hammering through it. Um, um, help me out, Scotty. Here we go. Winter yeah, is here. Winter is here, my friend. We've been saying winter is coming. But winter is coming. I got oh lost God. in my mouse movement. Whoa, look Soon. at that. <laughs> I oh, hate the that picture one. of snow on the bud. Yeah, man, that's fucking crazy, man. That cannot be good, man. I mean, I've heard of getting it cold for trichome production, man, but it cannot be yeah. good. Depends on the strain and how long. You don't want snow just sitting up on there, but plenty of strains can handle it. Yeah, I grew uh, an ice goddess, man, that loved it, okay? okay <laughs> loved the snow. Hey, dude, and Scotty, love the show. I'm growing up here uh, in Alaska and uh, would like some suggestions for heating a grow tent. Also, is there any strains you would recommend for cooler temps? anonymous uh so a couple suggestions he said uh for, he'd like suggestions for heating a grow tent i mean i would try first to insulate a grow tent if i have to heat it like you could use that uh that same shit we work with would actually go up well in a grow tent probably the uh board from like a home depot it's like an insulation board that is they can get it in quarter inch up to one inch thick and it's i've seen a shiny... two inch man oh okay i see the shiny one yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's, and it, I think you can even get it thicker than an inch, and it's got that real shiny, like, foil siding. It's what my grow room's built out of. Instead of drywall, I use that for the walls on regular studs. But if you already have an existing tent or don't want to do any construction, you could buy some of that. But, man, it's kind of depending on how cold it is where your tent is. Tents, you know, don't hold heat very well. So uh, I, I think you could make it hold heat, man. When I open up, like one time I threw out one of those mini fridges and it was just foam on the outside of it. It was just basically a foam wrapped in plastic with a, uh -huh. a little compressor. Um, so I like that. You can buy at the same place you can buy the, the silver you know, foam that you're talking about, the half inch or the one inch. You can buy straight up two inch foam and it just looks just like white foam. And uh, I would think about maybe, I think it comes in like four by eight panels and just think about wrapping your room in that just to keep it insulated. And I mean, you could do that twice. It might cost you two, 300 bucks. But if you had four inches of foam around your, uh, uh, you know, around your uh, tent, it'd basically be like a cooler. So then if yeah. you put a thousand watt light inside there, you know, use the most inefficient light you can to produce a lot of heat. But if you got a thousand watt light in there, all of a sudden you're making a lot of heat and you're not letting it get out too easily. I think that should heat up a, a space. And yeah. Ideally, while your lights are on, that's your heater and it's going to work out. You know, even if you have to go right, right to bare bulb and then figuring on, you know, eventually if you insulate it well enough and you have 1,000-watt bare bulb or whatever, it's going to reach a point where it gets too hot and you just got a, you know, thermostat to exhaust it out with a fan. The problem is lights off. That's what I'm running into right now in my, my garage uh, flowering rooms. Fine when the lights are on. I have a bare bulb 600-watt running in one. I'm called, That's my, my RX test room. And then I have uh, – and it, it's doing fine. But when the lights go off, I just looked this morning on my, my data log, and it got down to uh, – 58 
last night, and it's not as cold as it's going to get here in Denver nearly. So right. I got to figure out having a heater coming on at night, but then that heater, I don't want to get two heaters, even though it might be easier, but the heat has to be shared between both my rooms. So it's not that hard while it's on, but yeah, lights off. You got to watch your temperature differentials. And we got another question in Grow Talk about it. Can uh, can you strains. pump some heat in from veg? Can you if you had a veg uh, going? Both, like that's why I like yeah, my veg I, going twenty four seven, man, because it's always a source of heat if I need it. It used to be set up like that, but right now they're both on twelve twelve. So I'm running both rooms flower. Look at you. Uh, he's asking about strains. I don't. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get like you know a haze or something that grows down near the equator or wherever to try and grow in Alaska. You're gonna want to do some research for sure. I guess I don't know if I'd call it high desert strains or. But yeah, I'm sure if you just Google cold temperature strains, uh, or you know maybe you don't Google that type of shit in Alaska. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Alaska is pretty cool, but I think the DGC should probably be able to chime in, man. We got enough members up north, man. Where what is this? DudeGrows.com. Winter dash is dash here, man. We got to make these URLs easier, man. We should make this one like <laughs> DudeGrows.com slash winter. But um. Yeah, I'm sure the DGC could chime chime in, man. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I got man. another recommendation. What's... Check this shit okay. out. Uh, we talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but company Mana, M A N N A. I don't know. If, yeah, Mana Nutrients. Um, I know it's carried over at Monster Gardens. A product called Summer and Winter, and they. That, from what I've heard, these are um, phytohormones in this nutrient that come from like plants that are out in like succulents out in the desert you know it can get down to freezing but also gets like 110 so they find the plants and they take their phytohormones that can handle these low temperatures and the description here says um this product has been described as a natural antifreeze for plants mana winter stimulator has been proven to reduce the effects of low temperature in growing environments on plants allowing the plants to not only cope but thrive when temperatures drop below 50. That sounds crazy to me. They're going to tell me it's going to thrive. Um, so it's designed to be used by growers striving to reach high levels of production um, using very rare phyto phytohormones. So I heard like this should let your plants get down to freezing, but and I've never tried it. Uh, another, you know, they have another product called Summer, different phytohormones. They say that you, you and you got to treat your plants like I think a couple weeks ideally before it's going to see this temperature stresses. So it's up systemically up in the plant, you know, and ready for it. But kind of crazy. It'd be interesting to see. I heard it was for growing plants in underwater, man. Yeah, that would be uh, the, the mana aqua. <laughs> or the mana, it just uh, sounds squaw. crazy, man. It sounds way too good to be true, man. But I don't know. Have we had any feedback from it, man? No, nah, we'll get some. We'll get a hold of them, man. Like I say, that's, that's the job of the show. We just get so damn busy making the show and shit. We're going to have to, uh, yeah keep getting a hold of people we're gonna get that uh secretary <laughs> all kinds of things i was about to say that i won't say uh anyway uh let's see here this next one okay dude grows dot com she pees standing up dot com <laughs> okay all right no this is dude grow this is the title the article's titled she pees standing up um i guess that's you know i guess that's the the because this is about herming so that's the visualization for a herm type situation in humans anyway so <laughs> if you guys she's she's a chick but she pees standing up so if you guys remember i'm in the midst of my first tomato grow uh, you probably can guess which states i'm not in by the language there <laughs> anyways 
About a month ago, I emailed Scotty and he helped me identify that one of my feminized had turned out to be a male plant. There were no hairs growing on it, and if I'm not mistaken, hairs mean female. So anyway, after Scotty told me it's a man baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, yanked, I remember that. I yanked it out and threw it into my compost pile. Now you should have seen me yelling that last uh, couple nights ago at the club, man. If I had a nickel for every time <laughs> I said that that night, man. Holy shit. Um, so anyways, about a month ago. Okay, now we got that. Now I'm at the beginning of week seven of flower. He says he's growing Dutch passion strawberry cough tomatoes. <laughs> and he said attaches a picture of a different plant that I think has seeds on it. And I'm pissed at myself for not seeing it either. A few things I know from looking around. This plant has been the most aggressive grower in my grow and has some of the best looking colas to a noob's eye. Two, this plant seems to have fewer trikes slash frostiness than the others. And point number three, there does seem to be a lot of flower on this plant. I assume this means I have a herm. So the picture just shows, up. Um, I guess those, yeah, some little seed pods up in there, right? I see two. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. But the flowers look pretty nice too, though. Um, just he said he's in week seven. Okay. He goes, "What do like I do? What to can me, I expect?" Baby. I'm t- telling you, I'm in L.A., man, and I can tell that's a herm. He says, "Is it trash worth harvesting? A danger to the other plants? Can I keep the seeds if that's what they are? Basically, I have no fucking clue what my situation is. Sorry for the long question, but seriously, don't understand the implications here. Please set me straight." Anyways, always appreciate the feedback. Both you guys sticking in the hours to make the show. Right on. Thanks, Mr. Sandwichbag. Swag. What do you think, Scotty? What should you do with that week seven into flower? I mean, shit. If you if it looks like it's something you want to smoke, I don't see a lot of crystals on it, unfortunately, man. If this week seven into flower, it should be looking a little bit different, no? Well, yeah, he said it has a lack of trike, you know, frostiness for sure. Yeah, I... I don't think there's much you can do with that, man. And that's the the risk of growing with seed, man. You know, you grow a seed, and it's it's you can get these crazy pheno winners. But where there's winners, there's losers on the other side. And so, you get stuff that just don't really work out, man. I remember uh, uh, growing some seeds, and man, I grew like ten of them. You know, maybe five or six of them became uh, or, or female. Out of that, man, you had one that was like an 80, 85-day flowering plant. You had one that was a 50-day flowering plant. So, I mean, you definitely, and I mean, think about all the time I wasted waiting for that 80-day plant to mature, and it never really did anything. I was like, fuck man, it, man. You're in week out. seven. So, if you get a, which you should have anyway, a loop, you know, illuminated loop or jeweler's loop, I say time and time again, my LED lights just went out on mine because I left it on, and using it without those was like, damn, this is kind of shitty compared to, the one little illuminated loops are nice from uh, Hydro Farm sells them for like 15 bucks. But uh, look at the flowers. And, you know, if you got trikes, if you got even 30%, you know, of your little crystal balls and shit, and, you know, if you grab and it feels sticky, you don't have much time left. I'm sure you could do something with it. I mean, if you look at it and it has almost no trike production or whatever, and it just seems to be more, you know, leafy material, then sure, it might not be that good. But you already got it to week seven of flower, and I see a flower here. So make sure you check it out pretty good before you just throw it out or whatever for sure. Definitely. Uh, no harm to the others, though, right? I, I don't see any problem with that being in the room with the other flowers. Um, I mean, it's probably past the point if you've got developed seeds. It's past the point if it was throwing out any pollen. It already did. So I guess at this point, no harm in it. All right, all right. 
uh, that's happened. To, I mean, I've like I said, I've seen that happen to me from feminized seed, but but it was such a minimal. I maybe found like four seeds and, and some nanners, but the flowers were great still. So I would get it the fuck out of there, man. I don't see any use in having that plant around. Just myself, man. <laughs> All right, let's see here. We got uh, yeah, that's where we get into the temperature differences, day and night temperature differentials. Yeah, man. They got some fancy controls for this that just made me think about the. R&M Supply, old's not even around anymore, made a like a TMP-DNE, and I'd get high and look at that thing, and like, man, I just, and then I always hate it when a customer would come into the store and be like, how the fuck you use this thing? And I'm like, hold on, I gotta get high <laughs> and look at it for a while, because it has like, yeah, I'm like, three different switches and two dials, and yeah, I can do a lot of shit. Right. Overly complicated, man. It's not really, it's just a, yeah, it's weird. So, what's up, dude and Scotty? I recently heard popular YouTube grower, YouTube grower, talking about having a zero temperature difference between day and night in his flower room. He said he was running as close to 80 with both lights on and off, and then the closer you get to that zero difference, the better. He's in a sealed CO2 environment. I've never heard of this before. In my fully ventilated flower room, I try to keep it close to 10 degree difference between my day and night temps. Um, so he's doing, you know, 78 during the day, 68 at night is what he aims for. After the sixth week of flowering, I try to bring those temperatures down to as low as 73 during the day and 60 at night. The difference between my last grow and this grow is amazing. My last run, I struggled to get temps down in the summer heat. Have you ever heard of a zero difference in the night and day temps being beneficial? Is this just the difference between a sealed room versus a ventilated room? says, love you guys. I've just powered through all 166 episodes, and I swear I learned more this last month on a binge of listening that he did a year of searching the forums and asking around. Sweet. Thanks, man. Wow, right uh, on. <coughs> excuse me. What do you know about temperature differentials? What should he do? Uh, I know that they are beneficial. You know, the guys like Costa Mesa Steve who run uh, different temperatures at night, you know, I don't know anywhere from 10, 10 degrees lower, I'll say, uh, at night do get more crystal production. Um if you can't cool the room down during the night, it does affect your trichome. It does affect the crystal production, man. You know why I know that is because I'm one of those guys that can't do that because I constantly have my veg going on. Um, my it's always keeping the room, you know, right around, you know, on a good day, 80, 82 degrees, somewhere around there, depending where you're standing in the room. Um, but it doesn't matter if the lights are off. That veg is still struggling because that the veg is still um, providing the cool air for the flowering room, whether the, whether the flowering room lights are on or off. So I don't really have a temperature differential. I'm always running low 80s in my room day and night, and it does affect the, the trichome production. It's one of the things that I would like to fix because um, I'd like to get down to a little bit cooler nights and get a little bit more flavor out of my weed and a little little bit more frost out of it. So it's something you can yeah, do, you know, but it's just one of those things that if you can improve it and get down 10% or, uh, 10 degree temperature differential between day and night, you will get closer to that connoisseur bud, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, I've heard a couple things that there, if it's too much, um, it can, I've heard it can bring on powdery mildew. I've heard growers say, you know, you don't want that huge swing. I don't know if that's because that flowers get too, you know, they get cold at night and then it takes them a while to warm up. And I remember when I was trimming, 
outdoor harvest, I had to go out there and get a flower off the plant at high noon that had been hitting in the sun, but the center of the flower was still pretty damn cold, like something like you grab something out of the fridge, and I think that might be part of it to where, you know, those cold areas stay moist or whatever. I've never had an issue in the indoor garden. You heard my temperature differentials earlier right now. I'm getting down to 58, and I'm peaking out at about 80, so... And I see, you know, and that's, I'm in early flower, so I'm going to adjust that. That's too much. I, I like having a 15, you know, degree, 10 to 15 degree temperature differential. But then once, like he's saying here, I get towards the, you know, latter part of flowering, I let it get down. Like I'm saying, this is what happens. It happens when I see them grow outside and they get some cool attributes. Like I'm going to let it get down to 50. I'll let it get, you know, upper 40s the last week potentially at night. Right. And then dur- during the day, I'll make sure it doesn't get up to like upper 70s, but maybe 70. So, yeah, and I haven't had issues is, with it. Yeah. A big thing is humidity as well, man. You know, as your temperatures fall, so does the humidity. And that's what powdery mildew digs at low humidity. And so it might, might be something else to think about there. If you keep your humidity in check while you drop your temperatures a little bit, you might be better off. Yeah, totally. All right, man, we're jamming a break. We're jamming a song. Got too many good ones. Uh, we'll be right back, guys. You're listening to dudegrows.com, and we will catch you in just a moment. All right. And don't forget, don't forget, if you want to, as I say, pimp your garden, help out the show, go over to realgrowers.com, check it out, even though I know Scotty's really going to blow his, his gaskets, check it out on Amazon if you need to. You can order straight from Amazon, they've just been a major pain in the butt, from what I hear, to uh, 
to, to deal with as an online merchant. I don't know. Are they going to come after me now? I just said that. <laughs> no, you know, I just actually took everything off. I used to have it on that fulfilled by Amazon and Prime and everything. And I would send all of the uh, product to Amazon. But, man, since they've lost about $5,000 worth of recharge, man, um, I can't really do that anymore. So, right now, we'll just ship it ourselves. So, yeah, we're still available on there. And, uh, yep, we'll get it to you, man. We appreciate the support. Absolutely. All right, Grow Talk. We are getting into the Spectrum King lab results. Uh, he wants to know. I says somehow. Oh, this is Mr. Three Year Cure. All right. Somehow I got I got behind on a few shows, but I thought I but I thought I caught up. Um, was waiting to hear. Was waiting with bated breath on lab results from Dude Spectrum King Grow, but somehow missed it. What episode did you talk about your lab results? He said he tried the search function to no avail. And was going to invest in the Spectrum King this month, but wanted to hear about your first outcome. Well, I goes, thanks for advance. I've uh, been growing for a year now. Most of what I've learned about is from your show. It's been fun, entertaining, and informative. I'm a dirt farmer using only recharge, growing the dank. Yeah. Also, he says he works at a uh, as a volunteer at a very large medical cannabis market near Tacoma, Washington. 35 vendors under one roof. We get about 350 patients through each Sunday. Most of the vendors are growers, and some of the patients are trying to grow their own medicine. He says he talks the show up to whomever is interested. Awesome. Um, he said it'd be nice to have some Dude Grows stickers to hand out. It's your lucky day, man. We're going to get in touch. I just got like a 1,000 made. I think that were literally just ironically dropped off while we were recording. I just saw FedEx throw something at the door a little bit ago. Whoa. Uh, so yeah, we'll get anybody listening, man. You guys want some stickers? Hit me up. Hit me up at dude grows at gmail. Put stickers in the subject line. I'd gladly get right. stickers out to whoever. Hey, I've seen um, some other stickers. I don't know if folks are making their own or what, man. I've seen some cool ass stickers though. Some DGC sol- uh, soldier stickers and some cool shit going on. So I don't know what's going on, man. But the crew is uh, has mobilized, man. Definitely, he ends up saying he's uh, he'd Does love it- to have a shirt. Too is I mean that's one of our areas that we technically have been slacking in. Yes, we do need to have some shirts made. For real, man. That's for real. Hey, by the way, this is from uh, Bill in Washington. Bill in Auburn. Uh, Three year yes. cure is just the one that, that that's just an account we're using to post. Oh, stuff, sorry, man. sorry, sorry. We confused you, man. That's me and Maestro on vacation, man. All right, Bill in Auburn. Correction there. Um, at least we don't have to come on and do like a whole show. An episode 110 correction at 26 minutes in. I actually do have a correction because I was listening to the last episode where I mentioned my brand new Karma Hoods, man. And uh, I don't have Karma Hoods. Those are my old ones. They're they're uh, the new ones that you I have got. Ochos. I got Magnums. Those are the ones oh, I, I got. You got the Max Eight uh, or the uh, eight inch from Sunlight called Triple um, XLs. No, no, I got the eight inch uh, Magnums from Hydrofarm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, man, right. but they're uh, yeah they're called a Magnum, and I'm so sorry. I, I was listening back, and I was like, oh, that's not the right word. All right, but correction number to be honest, two. Yeah, I haven't really paid a lot of attention to uh, to hoods. It's kind of one of those things that are not so sexy until you need it, you know? Right when All right. You need- I got to tell Bill in Auburn what's up. Yeah, what you got? Uh, the, 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 I don't recall the exact episode off the top of my head, but it was covered in a nutshell like this. The Spectrum King Island Sweet Skunk came out two percentage points. It was at 19, I believe, percent THC. And the HID spectrum or HID grown Island Sweet Skunk under HPS lighting was uh, at 17 percent, 
and basically I have a feeling I could have got like another percent on the the Spectrum King side if I would have had a longer cure, but not positive. And uh, <clears throat> you know, so it's in in my mind. And we'll, we have another question coming up on uh, wait. Does comments. but does cure? I don't know. I don't know if cure. I makes heard cure more THC, man. You know, I heard it can make it. Yeah, I just I heard through the weed vine. Okay, that it can it can make it a little bit a little bit stronger sometimes through a longer cure. I know it obviously brings in different attributes and you know aromas and the dank. But, sure. Uh, yeah. All right. So we'll let's see. just go uh, with what we got though. With what we got, if you got cool. an an extra two, what, two points, point, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you extrapolate that out to a hundred percent, it equals like a ten percent. Uh, increase in in thc which is pretty interesting man pretty right along the lines that they told you yeah and listen uh listen 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 keep listening we got a little more coming coming to you and uh we'll get stickers out there it's uh, thanks a ton uh bill for spreading the word and wanting some stickers anybody else let us know that's like the word of mouth is the best thing we got going that's our marketing campaign absolutely all right so we're gonna get into some hydroponic pumps um, I know my pick. Let's see. Guys, what's a good pump to use for 50-gallon reses? Hey, dude and Scotty. First, thank you, two dudes, for doing what you do and keep up the good times rolling. All right. I can't. I was about to go, all right, but I'm going to start to steal your shit. <laughs> well, he says, I just started listening since the beginning of this year. I've been growing um, on and off, nothing major, just little attempts, only just harvesting my first two auto deep water culture five gallons in September. Five ounces. Yay on me. I've learned so much from you two guys and could not thank you more. Okay, I think that's thank. (laughs) Thank you more for what you guys uh, do. Uh, Super excited to see the captain be part of the awesomest. He said he used to follow him on the forums. Anyways, to the the question, he set up a 40-gallon garbage can res uh, for his RO system. And he's found, so that's guys, he's just got his, you know, typical go-get-your-rubber-made-trash-can RO system for his reverse osmosis water. Float valve attached to the top of the tra- trash can to keep it from flooding over, like I always used to do. I probably had 10 floods before. I was like, dude, just buy a float valve. You even work at the store that has float valves. <laughs> um, his question is, can you recommend a good pump, drinking-safe pump, for the plants, or should I not be concerned about the brand of pump? Uh yeah, man, I I'd say what do you, do you have a pump recommendation brand? Uh, you know what the Maxi Jets were the originals back in the day. Um, way to grow. I know, I know has their own. I think it is this Eco Plus that that they get, and um, they seem to be a decent pump, man. I mean, I haven't worried too much about it. I just like to size them properly, and. Uh, you know, like the Maxi Jets had, you know, a little 500, a 750. I used to get, like, the nice powerful 1200s. Um, the one thing you want to look for is make sure it doesn't heat up your reservoir too much. Sometimes if you get a really big pump and just use it as a circulation pump, like some of these big mag drives, uh, they'll actually create a decent amount of heat and start heating your reservoir up. So just be careful of that. Uh, otherwise... Uh, these Eco Pluses, they do have, if you're going to clean it, they do have a nice little sponge filter in there. It will get clogged up every few days, and you'll have to clean it if you choose to run the filter. And if you're just circulating, I, I pull the filter off, man. Just circulate the... <laughs> yeah, the filter is nice to have if you're going out to some drippers and trying to keep your shit Definitely. You know, clean going out. But I, if you, this is, you can get the Eco Plus... Um, I forgot. It's basically Hydro Farm, and everybody has their you know their China brand. I if you want like if you want to spend a little more money and have like 
uh, the most durable pumps I've seen, get a mag drive pump. Yeah. Uh, by uh, Danner's the company, D-A-N-N-E-R, I believe. But if you just source There's like a bunch. mag drive pump. Mag drive is like a type of pump. And they've got all, all sorts of different manufacturers of them. It's just the way that a magnetic drive pump. And uh, those are powerful, though, man. If you got to go, like, if you got to push something up, you know, maybe you're going upstairs or, you know, I don't know, whatever. They call it head pressure, man. But it means you can actually push straight up. And that's where a mag drive really thrives where these others won't. Yeah, that one, D-A-N-N-E-R, the ones I've used. I mean, they're super popular in, like, saltwater aquarium and all that, you know, shit people have. Just like we we do in this industry, they can't have their pumps failing. Oh, it so, is Danner. You're right. The Supreme Classic. Yeah, that's a good yes. one. Yes. Mag 250, bro. That's the one I use the most. Now, right. now, that bitch will heat your water up, though, man. If you let that, if you just try to use something like that as a circulation pump in a little 20-gallon reservoir or 16-gallon reservoir running all the time, this shit will heat it hey. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to run it. Depending on how you're using it, you can run it inline too. So there's options. Yeah, that is true, man. What the, what we mean by inline is if you take a look at um, one of these mag drive pumps, it's got on the inlet where it's sucking in, it actually has threads where you can thread a, a fitting, and then on the outlet it has threads as well. So you could actually leave this thing outside of of your uh, of of your reservoir, and it will still pull and push. Um, so pretty, pretty cool. I mean, asking me that—that's—that that's just sounds like a prescription for water on the floor there, man. When you just throw it in the in the res. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like everything else, you know. You can buy a pH—not everything, but you can go buy a thirty-five dollar pH pen, or you could buy two hundred and fifty dollar pH pen. You know, it depends on uh, how connoisseur esque you are. Yeah, right. something like pumps, though, man. They, I'd rather just throw it out after a few years or something like that. You know, they just get that cheap eco drive or whatever they're called. And uh, man, those things, as long as as long as you Correct. leave them, it's a depos- it's- disposable society anyway. You're right. It's just. <laughs> It's not that many moves. It's like an impeller that goes around on a on a you know with a magnet. The shit lasts for a long time, man. Yeah, that's like we don't even use dishes, right? At my household, man, it's all paper plates and shit. We just throw all kinds of shit out every day. I don't want to wash dishes. Paper? Are you nuts? Those stupid <laughs> things decompose, man. You got to get the plastic, man. This shit lasts forever. Yeah, use plastic <laughs> dishes and put it through the dishwasher, <laughs> and when the heater comes on, they melt. All right, next question: pre-harvest flush question. Uh, what's up? He says, or no, he said, what up? What up with two Ds? Dude, yeah, what Scotty. up, man? What up? Got a question. I checked out um, Silas Satavorius. Sato- Did I get it? And I don't even think he came close, man, but I love it anyway, man. Was it Stativarius or something like that? I remember yeah, it's like the violin, we, man. It's like the violin. We had that. Uh, he's got a really good site. We recommend it on the show. Absolutely. Um, so he's, I'm guessing his, this is his pen name because the first six letters of his last name are, are Sativa. Okay. All right. Good deal. That's ah, I get it now, Sativarius. man. Sativarius. Sativarius. Like, like a Stradivarius is a work of art of a violin, and he's Sativarius. I don't know. I almost yep, sativa get it. Sativarius. It, it, it works if you just look at it and don't say it. Okay. He goes, I don't know if he caught that. <laughs> Apparently, we didn't catch that until now. Anyways, he I don't says, catch keep your things, plants, okay? Keep your plants green all the way to harvest and skip the pre-harvest flush. I know most people to say the pre-harvest flush for best taste, and I always have. But he and the others say that you can get the same taste if you just properly dry and cure your crop, even if you don't starve them at the end. I always wanted to try it. I have 
I have either of you guys ever tried it, especially with s- synthetic newts? As I know, these can affect taste more. I've never tried it. I have uh, tried it, man. I have tried it. That's man. right. I know you, we, you talked about it on the show. What did yeah. you, you said it was all right? Canna. I used canna. I went right to the end. Um, I think the last day or two, I didn't add any more nutrients or whatever and just gave them uh, plain water. But that doesn't count, man. I harvested green plants, man, and they tasted delicious. They're absolutely delicious, man. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just saying that I, they really had that, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you that it's uh, it tasted like organic weed or anything like that. Man, I had some organic weed this week, man. Both the guys that came up, um, Ant- Anthony and, uh, and, and Colby, both brought... Uh, what's it called? Organic weed, man. And one was from Nectar for the Gods, and the other was Bio BioBiz. And uh, man, you could really just taste it, man. I mean, there is just a, a really nice flavor, uh, you know, when, when things are grown with organic, with pure organic inputs. And so, I, you know, you can't get stuff like that no matter what, man. No matter how much flushing and all that, you're not going to get that flavor. But um, man, I had good flavor, uh, very similar to what I get when I would flush. And I had healthier plants. With the buds looked a little bit better, you know. They were green. Yeah, like I mean, I for me, I've I haven't done it. Um, I would like to see for one, if I don't have to use, you know, I'm saving. Why well, I don't I don't think if I keep using nutrients or don't for the last. And it depends on your growing system here. Totally for me being. I used to always be in a peat and cocoa mix that would retain some things. I could go easily ten days easily. Uh, plain water at the end and, and I don't think if at those last 10 days I kept feeding it newts uh, that I would I would have like more I, I don't see why I, do, I might have more weight is the plant eating more I like to see the plant um, I like to see fall color the picture I put up here on this post pre-harvest flush question um, all these questions guys if you want to participate and comment of course or at dudegrows.com under episode 167 is the is it I want to see at least this he's got some purple coloring he's, he's starting to yellow uh, I just uh, t- uh, chime in and tell me what is the added benefit of feeding all the way to the end? If people trying to push just a little bit more weight or, man, I what? like to see what happens in nature, you know? Well, yeah, okay, I'm sitting here, you know, looking at some bamboo outside right now. And when fall comes and when winter comes, it's not getting any different nutrition, is it? I mean, I guess the microbes are slowing down and they're not going to deliver so much nutrition in the soil. So I guess that's accurate. But, um... Yeah, I just think that a plant, if you're feeding it and you're giving it every little bit of nutrition that it needs because it's in cocoa core, it's in a sterile media, uh, the last 10 days, if you expect any performance, any weight gain, um, I mean, now the trichomes are already on there. I would say if you expect any trichome building, then you have to give it some kind of resources to use to build those trichomes. Uh, that's why I think that that feeding it up till the end, giving it nutrition up till the end uh, you know, would help it would help with weight and i would think and i would think it would help with uh with trichome production now you know you're probably gonna have to adjust those nutrients i think that's where the you know the sweet science is of adjusting those nutrients to uh you know to suit trichome production and not to suit uh you know green you know photosynthesis i guess you know green leaf production yeah i mean if you you should try it again i don't know well, I'm gonna try uh, it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of over flushing, man. I for months I was out there looking for reasons and science to flush. And, yeah, but you uh, got to do the trial. You know, you got to do it on one plant and not the other. See what's up. 
if possible, of the same genetic strain, of course, from the same mother, sure, under the same light, exactly. Everything, man. Uh, of course, clinical trials make my head hurt. <laughs> Sounds like fun, uh, man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, you, Scotty has a little bit of a different opinion. I'm mimicking what I would see in nature. I think because it gets colder out, the soil microbes do slow down. There's not as much available stuff. There's not as much stuff composting. There's not like that chicken or cow running by taking a deuce there or something like that. <laughs> some nutrition, whatever. Cows anyway, in the barn, man. Uh, try. Yeah. You just. This is one of those two. Like we just said, you got to try some things uh, by yourself and see what happens with it. Yep. All right. That's why we got the community, man, to chime on in, man. This has probably happened to everybody. Interrupted flowering cycle. I was messing around with my timers last night and apparently screwed something up. Got up this morning and the light was still on six and a half hours after scheduled shutoff. I'm in the fourth week of flower. How will this affect my flower stage? I immediately shut down the HPS light and switched on the flower initiator light for about 10 minutes. What's oh. the thoughts on how much this will screw up my flowering cycle? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just I just go on. I mean, what am I going to do? Cut down my whole grow? Uh, I don't think one screw up, one six and a half hour, four weeks in, if the prior 30 days were perfect, is going to do much to it. I think it's going to fuck. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. It might fuck them up, man. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I guess you got to keep on going with it, man. You just got to keep on going with it. Now, is this actually, this one says, uh, by Tony, uh, Scorpio, Scorpio, <laughs> take Scorpio. it away, Scotty. It's Tony Scorpio. Scorpio. All right. Sorry about that. Um, man. Yeah. I mean, this happened to me before. Most of the times I can remember and recall even like it staying on. Yeah. Four hours longer, half a night. I think one time even longer than that. If you got healthy, unstressed plants, um, you did. I don't. I don't have any experience with the flower initiator yet. Uh, I think you're gonna be fine. That's you keep us filled in, dude. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't do much else to them. I guess somebody would you suggest spraying switch or something on them or. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think it'll be all right. Um, what I'm worried about is sometimes you can reset your plants, man, and then they they just think they're you know it'll take them another eight weeks to flower. But I think yeah. that's really more if you uh, leave them in the dark for a long time. You know, I think that'll that'll happen then. Uh, I think it'll be all right, man. You know, this is this is why we grow, guys. Cause I wish yeah. I had I wish I had a firm answer for you. I, I will say that I've been growing for over twenty years, so I must have screwed up at least this bad in in my past, man. You know, I'm sure that I've screwed up and turned on the. Uh, oh, I I would vouch for that. No way. <laughs> yeah, it, and I I haven't happen. missed a harvest, man. I don't remember anything drastic, like you know, my harvest not you know the plants not flowering because I accidentally went in there or not accidentally. I'll be honest, because I purposely went in there and turned the lights on. Yeah, I think you'll be all right, Tony. Continue it. You know when people want to show off their plants, right? All the lights are off in there, but then you go in and turn on the lights anyway because you're so excited to show a friend. Oh, I've been that douchebag. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even that for a short period of time is fine. I mean, I've gone into a garden, lights off for like ten minutes. Some people are probably freaking out right now. There are more sensitive strains, but uh, yeah, ideally, uh, grow on. I bet I bet you you have no problems. Yeah, I think you'll be all right, man. All right, man. This is uh, get you get your ear on the ground out there in L.A., man. This is uh, help trimming. <laughs> for some reason, I shouldn't say for some reason. This is how do we get a hold of a trimming crew in L.A. from Anonymous? 
Mm. How do you recommend, man? Do you know any any trimming crews out there? Uh, I do. I do, man. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's all it's such a weird thing out here, man. Like I was I remember talking to Costa Mesa Steve talking about just the whole grayness of it out here. And you know, it's not wide open. In Colorado, it's wide open where it just these are legal registered businesses. Everything's completely above board. These guys have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to be regulated and they, you know, pretty much have to embrace it, you know? Like when you have to to, to hug your aunt, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of embrace it and you go for it and you turn your head to the side, you get it done, you know? Um, man, uh, I, I just I, put an ad out on Craigslist, dude. I just don't think that these people are way out there. I think it's all done through like networking, you know, internal networking. You kind of got to be cool, man. Um, what about ready, ready labor? I mean, they have that in in Colorado. They have it, you know. In Colorado, they've got what hemp temps or something like that, or tanner temps a few or companies something to source. Yeah, and that's sure. basically what it is. But when you're in a gray area, you know, who's to say, man? Who's to vouch for the, the trimming crew, man? Who's to say they ain't gonna come over and uh, and jack you, man? You know, so yeah. or or, yeah. or vice versa, you know? Who's to vouch that the, you know, pe- people get crazy around here? Yep, you got to talk to your buddy who can talk to his buddy, and all the buddies got to get talking, and then you get it figured out. Yeah, I, I wish I had something for you. And my buddies that know, I was just out here talking to a commercial guy that's about to harvest a shitload of lights, and even he was saying, man, I just might just buckle down and hang out and just do it myself. And, I mean, he's talking about harvesting 16, 20 lights, something like that. might even be more. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's just hands hurt. That's what he thinks of, the, of, of hiring a trimming crew. You know, because you hire people if it's if it's wet, if you're doing it wet, there's a it's an hourly rate. If you're doing it dry, then it's, a, you know, by the pound and it can cost a shitload, man. If you're doing little popcorn buds or, you know, something like that, man, it can be up to three hundred dollars a pound. You start thinking yeah. about that. You start thinking about, hey, man, do I want to just maybe lock myself in the room and keep an extra five, six, seven grand for myself? It's a down payment on a pretty nice car. You know, it's a week's vacation somewhere. I agree. We got to get into some more machines we can recommend. Um, I forgot who we were chiming in on. He's uh, a few episodes back, and he wanted to uh, recommend a trimmer, and he was buying one of those hand uh, roto ones. And I was like, keep us in the loop, man. I always like to know what, what trimmers are working all right. And, yeah, I just you know, saw a new trimmer up at Way to Grow. I was talking to the the manager up there, Don. Shout out to him, man. Does a great job over at the Fort Collins Way to Grow. And uh, he was showing me this brand new trimmer that came in. It was a dry trimmer. And so you, you dry it and then you cut it off the stem and then you tumble it around this thing. It looked very, it looked like a, really like a washer is what, or I'm sorry, like a dryer, like a rotary dryer. Uh, and it just whatever it was like kind of one of those pinch pinch trimmers, the same as a uh, twister or something like that. And um, the wrap on them is they'll do a decent job with your herb, but if your business system relies on making wax and or selling your trim for wax, um, it doesn't really make good wax. What it does is it cuts it so finely that it exposes. Um, too much of the chlorophyll it cuts this really small and then when you make the wax you get that really dark wax because the chlorophyll comes out um yeah man that's why i like those nug runs and things like that when you're not really cutting it down to really small parts grinding it down to really small parts but just kind of breaking it up that's why that Uh makes such good clear wax man yeah yeah, i was i was told the, the clearer 
and then I've also heard harvesting uh, harvesting earlier to where your trikes aren't. Uh, you know, I've heard that as harvest. well, man. I've heard that I'm as like, well. No, man, harvesting before they're even milky uh, to get the clear shatter. All right, so. <laughs> Another question here, which I have no clue, but maybe it doesn't sound possible to my non-electrical mind. Multiple 315 LEC lights on one ballast? Is there a way to run three 315s off one 1,000-watt ballast? I'm hoping the DGC think tank, or think tank, huh, would know the answer. Or if you could run two 315s off a 600-watt digital ballast. Thank you for all the great shows and any info. Sincerely. Rob of this is Rob of Alaska. Whoa, you know what, man? I'm, I'm just about to go hang out with uh, with Costa Mesa Steve, who is an electrician. He will know this question. I will make sure that I bring his attention to it and ask him if he will comment. Um, yeah, yeah, interesting, I, man. Sometimes I, I was I was asking about a, I think it was a three fifteen run out of a four hundred watt ballast, and you can do that, but it's got to be a magnetic. He was saying. I thought I asked Tyler from Hortolux, and he was saying that you can run them, but it's got to be through a magnetic ballast for some reason, not a, not a digital. So, interesting. Well, yeah, check out, uh, I mean, I, I, unless you're an advanced electrician, I don't think this would be too possible. It sounds cool. I'd love to have one, like, 1,000-watt magnetic, but you'd have to be, like, totally changing up the ballast that has one, you know, big old transformer and an igniter for one bulb. Well, you just get the wire nuts out, man. You just get the wire nuts and the electrical tape out, and you'll be fine. Yeah, totally. All right. Another comment here. Cool. This is a cool one that came in um, in, on Spectrum King. Uh, And I am still running mine. We'll be talking about it this Wednesday and what's going on in our grows. But uh, checking out... The let's see here. Here we go. Love the show and wanted to uh, share my experience with Brendan from Spectrum King with you. You guys, he had purchased a kind XL 750 that was that he was not happy with. I was the one who emailed in to get your opinion on that light. Uh, Then I heard your interview with Brendan and I emailed Brendan to see if he would be interested in swapping it for a Spectrum King. To my surprise, he just had to pay me pay for my shipping and we swapped the two lights. He says, now Brendan's using his XL750 in his next text, test grow on his YouTube channel. And he, I used the SK Spectrum King LED in the last five weeks of my grow and did see some eye-popping results in the resin department. Wanted to share this experience with you guys as I learned of Spectrum King from your show. Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, you know, I mean, Brendan, probably, I guess he probably needed one anyway for his test run. Fuck and yeah, like, man. Hey, so no. Brandon will trade any old light for a Spectrum King? All right, man. I got this 75 watt. <laughs> I got this 75-watt uh, heat lamp that I, that I pulled out, man. What do you think, man? Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, if you do get a hold of Brendan. So. That's pretty sure. lucky, man. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I noticed the same thing, man. When he said the increase in his, his resin department, um, and I'm hopefully uh, shortly will be adding two more to my, my bloom room. And uh, like I said, I'll give you guys an update on what's going on in my grow. But the it is, man. This Island Sweet Skunk that came out is way more... I won't go that far. It's more resiny for sure, and it's more more triked out. Let's just say that triked out. Triked out, more triked out, man, than the HID. Um, And as I keep saying, whether you know growing under an LED or HID, whatever, I think in the future it's gonna be, you know, how do we grow the best weed, man? Not how do I grow the hardest 
whatever weight the most weight whatever weed because it's becoming more and more common it's becoming legal you know you usually don't i think you usually don't hear unless you're growing pumpkins you're being like dude man my you know people tell me my tomatoes my cherry tomatoes i grow outside they I absolutely love them because they like those taste unbelievable compared but to what bro, you get from the store or whatever Go ahead. You got to get out here and see this Southern California perspective, though, man, because it's weird, man. Like, it really is about having super hard, dense nugs and the frostiest and the best smelling. It's super competitive out here, man. I guess there's so many people and everybody smokes weed that you want to have something, you know, you know, really showy and different. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat you like grow your own apartment. Okay, sh- really showy and different. I bet you, and maybe we'll do something with the DGC cut where I'll grow it, you know, you grow it under your HID and I'll grow it under the Spectrum King. But as far as quality uh, and, you know, being the, the we already said with the, the concentration of THC being higher that we've noticed in one test, you know, um, that it's for home growers at least. And I'm not talking all the commercial growers and everything. If you're home growing, you know you can grow, you know, all the limits that people are get, given. Oh, you can only grow four plants in Ohio. You can grow a lot of weed with four plants, even though, I, you know, we had other issues with all that. But if you have one light and you can hang up an LED that's going to get you, it's going to get you more than enough for yourself, for sure. Plenty. I mean, well, if it's one person, uh, two people could enjoy what was harvested under. I mean, I got the 13 ounces under the 440 Spectrum King, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, uh, man. So that's where I think that this we've me and you, Scotty, have always been in the game of that's almost the first thing people want to know. How much will it yield? How much did you get? You know what? And that's, you know, for people that are into it for either they're selling it or, you know, whatever. I just I was comparing it to my vegetable gardening because I don't ever I don't ever weigh my tomatoes or peppers. And I think that's what the arena we're going to get into. Um, with this where it's like I don't even I don't know exactly how much I got is some dank ass shit there's enough for me and you let's party Uh, I always weigh my tomatoes and peppers that's why I have all these collections of triple (laughs) beam scales sir but anyway that was my my little bit of rant where um, not just in the defense of like you know saying in LED in general uh, versus HID and other light even same with the uh, one plasma light when I grew under a 300 watt plasma uh, great white shark strain Right for all of flowering, that thing was like white, <laughs> like you could so much trike production, but probably like a thirty percent loss in yield. You know, right. compared to it grown under a different light. What are you gonna want in the end if you're just growing some for yourself? You know, for the home growers, I think that uh, you know, unless you're the guy like, hey man, I want to grow as much as I can. I'm it's going to the black market. Or I'm growing to make money. Or commercially, I totally understand. Uh, yeah, that's where I see, that's where I see all this going with prohibition falling. Yeah, I just I just think that for any kind of grower, quality is going to be really important. I mean, as as the the market's mature, man, I think it's going to be really important to have to show up with a really good quality plant, man. You know, especially if you're trying to sell this shit like in this in this market that I'm hanging out in right now, it's got to be boutique shit, man. So, uh, yeah, but I think there's definitely a place for these LEDs, a little bit less yield. You know, and, and some really hard nug, man. I definitely see it. Some really hard nug. Yeah, man, it's crazy, man. They got people that are on waiting lists. Like, for example, I told you that there's some hype around that Michael Phelps strain. Well, the grower that grows it, there's a waiting list for it, man. Full price, you know, and, uh, man, it, it's it's amazing, man. 
I mean, and, yeah. and there's other shit. There's, you know, beautiful OG around. That's that's kind of on the pay no mind list. So it really does matter. And I mean, it's a, it's a difference when you look at the bud, man. It's definitely a harder, uh, frostier nug. You know, and tastes better. That's what counts. Um, it, it does. Yeah, definitely gonna count. And uh, we'll see it. Well, it's, it's exciting to see the change. What uh, else? Dude, there's so there? much weed around here, man. There's so much weed. It's insane, man. I've seen really good outdoor buds. I mean, dude, we'll have to talk about it on uh, Wednesdays, what's growing on, man. But pretty amazing, all the, all the things that are going on. I will say this, man. There is no, I've seen great, in, a greenhouse bud, but there is no substitute for really well-grown indoor weed. I'm starting to think that no matter how much, they try. You'll you'll never duplicate indoor weed grown under lights, man. Uh, yeah, you're probably I, right. I've been looking, man. I've been looking. I've been finding great greenhouse growers out here, man. You know, I've been finding the best greenhouse and outdoor that's you know of the season. Purple shit. It's still not the same though. Um. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, because the you you, uh, you are Mother Nature, the indoor environment, you know, controlling the shit out of it, making every day a perfect day. You're just controlling those lights, man. That's where the difference is, man. When you're controlling the light and the intensity and the spectrum, dude, it just gives you another degree of 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 you know whatever control over the strain, man. A resin yeah. production, brother. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's see. I think I have only one more question here. Come on, uh, what you got, man? Just about. Oh, there's another light emitter. There's technically two. Let's hit them. Growing mediums, man. Um, let's see here. Can of cocoa. It says, "Got a soil media question." I've been using, and this is from my uh, from from Maestro. It looks like officially. No, you know, at least mm. he's got his he's got his little picture down here. Holding some buds, like you know, because he has a little profile. Okay. On deal. So when you post, your little profile pops up about you. So I'm assuming that's officially. I don't know. I think he might have posted. All right. Anyway, go for it. What do we got? You can check. Uh, soil media question. He's been growing in sunshine number four for the past year. I'm looking to boost my growth rates. I'm assuming that the peat in the sunshine media helps retain moisture in my seven gal smart pots. He says, I, in my seven gal smart pots, I water about every three days. I know the captain says his method is successful because he gets a daily. Um, dying and feeding of root zone and I'm not ready to reduce my buffer zone quite yet but I need to ramp up my growth rate I can't veg a captain washing machine in two months <laughs> right. I need a washing machine sized plant yeah. I need um, a middle ground I heard dude say he's switching to cocoa I wanted you guys to recommend an explanation of the media options and benefits it says please help anonymous person alright so Maestro's not trying to be anonymous <laughs> um, so uh Excuse me, man. That's right. From what I know, quickly here, Coco. I've heard a grower. It was actually uh, uh, Tyson, another dude that kicks it over at Way to Grow. Uh, say, look, I like he likes veg uh, cocoa for veg because right. it's accelerated. It's great uh, growth rate. But then he does switch to a peat cocoa mix and bloom um, because he's like, I don't need necessarily that full accelerated growth rate, and that's just what he likes to do. How do you I've switch noticed, a media in bloom? I'm curious about that. Well, yeah. if you're going to transplant to another container size, like you say you veg in one gals of cocoa, and then you go to your five gal or seven gal, you do a cocoa peat mix. Um, meh. Meh. There's all, you know, as obviously Scotty's a cocoa grower. Um, what I'm noticing being for my first run in full cocoa, I said before in the show, is 
it does, like he said, you have a less of a, I don't know if I want to say less of a buffer, but you definitely can't retain as much moisture in cocoa as you can with the peat mix. Um, I'm having to water every day pretty much, but a little bit, you know, right. I used to water my two gallon container into a 10 gallon, uh, uh, number 10 pot, I should say of peat, like Coco Loco was a, a mix I used right. and it would suck it all up. And I wouldn't have to visit that plant again for three days to water if I didn't want to. Sure. Uh, so it was a little but, bit too wet for the first couple, you know, first half a day. Then it was perfect for the next couple days. So, and yeah, then, you're going to get <clears> out, <throat> keeping it perfect all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I water now when I have a two-gallon container to water in. It's, that's happening in uh, two waterings. So I saw water like this morning. I watered a gallon into a number 10 pot. Right. If I would have watered any more, I'd be shot back and run off out of that bitch. I'm getting this stuff dialed. And then I I could wait till tomorrow and give it another gallon, but I'll probably give it a gallon tonight. Just I'm always keeping it I don't I don't let my cocoa get completely dry. Isn't that probably you know, you don't want your, you want your cocoa to stay moist, right? Yeah. I mean the cocoa you can leave it almost totally wet and it's still not overly wet. Same with rock wool. That's the the big benefit of those things, man, is it's really difficult to overwater them unless they're sitting in water. But if either cocoa or rock wool, rock wool, rock well, man, <laughs> cocoa or rock wool are well-drained, um, you can almost feed them all the time, you know, because even when they're getting watered, they'll hold moisture. Or I'm sorry, they'll hold the right amount of air. It's just got these air spaces in between. So, yeah, that, that's what I like about those things is you can just err on the on the side of overwatering. You know, I wouldn't leave them on all the time, but you can err on the side of overwatering, make sure your media is well-drained, and you're good to go, man. Yeah, I mean, the main the thing for me, which I still haven't decided, is I don't know if my, my neighbor, Temp Needs Todd, uh, is going to be like, I'm like, all right, man, I switched to cocoa. Here's where, you know, you got to water once a day. Used to be like if I was out of town and he's helped me out, I could be like, I was out of town, let's say, for six days. I could water, saturate the shit out of my soil before I left and then be like, all right, water on Wednesday. And then when I'm back on Friday, I was gone a whole week. But, my you know, my neighbor only had to help me out once. So I'm going to have to come up either with like a drip system on a timer or some shit like that a little bit. Potentially. Ooh, a drip I, system. So, well, now that I got this damn cocoa. My plants are watered automatically. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're out of town now, and you need to have these horror stories when you get back. Bottom feeding system, man. I told my wife this time, don't even go down there, man. Don't even check this shit. Stay away. It's. I'm just uh, saying, man. I mean, it's the same thing you can say with Todd. Hey, man, don't worry about it. If you want to go to go walk over one time and keep an eye on things, you can. But it should be fine. You know, it's nice to have confidence in your system, man. I got Isaac Newton on my fucking side, man. Gravity be working. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be using gravity, man. I'd be pulling my shit around. All right, fair enough. That, that I can all I can see now that you know this is the first time I've ever been a uh, cocoa grower. Um, you know, more why you're always trying to figure that out when before it's like I just fucking leave it alone, or I mean I just you know can walk away for three days after a watering. But I agree, it is saturated beyond what it needs to be that first, you know. You're missing that time. Yep. That first, yep, and saturation uh, is no good, man. You're choking shit out, man. All right, choking shit yeah. out. Yeah, hey, hey, I only drowned him for the first hour. After that, I pulled him up, and uh, he was fine. He was in the perfect conditions after that, you know? Fuckers <laughs> drowned, man. Uh, Yeah, man, that's about it. That's about it today for the show. Uh, Kid it up. You guys want to become a member? Um, 
definitely just send me an email if you become a new member, say new member in it. And uh, if you haven't already, you know, received, like I call my little welcoming kit, I got still some transport sitting around from Optic Foliar. I got uh, a ready, ready to use sample of their overgrow. I got some shotgun shells, a recharge, some stickers, some random shit. So basically, uh, yeah, that's a great way to support the show, guys. We do actually have expenses here and don't ever want to do the, uh, the NPR, the fund, whatever they do. Like, this is all you hear us talk about until we reach $10,000. The filibuster. <laughs> I like it, man. You know, you can just talk and talk and talk, man. I dig it. Otherwise, tell a friend, tell a grower, tell a store. And, uh, yeah, if you ain't hooked yet, man, get hooked on some recharge. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's put it in the bag. I know you got people to see out there, and uh, we'll be back Wednesday with What's Growing On. Yeah, man, let's do it.
Motherfucker.